Ladies and gentlemen, we are back at the Oscar Rewind podcast. I'm your co-host, Quentin Phillipson, and to help break down the best picture winner of Andrea's favorite year, the 1929 Oscars, is Andrea. How are you doing this week? I am doing well. Yeah, not much has been going on with me. I've just been working constantly since we got back from our vacation. And yeah, literally nothing else is new. Yeah, we went on vacation because Andrew had to watch two silent movies. And so Andrew was like, all right, Quentin, I need to have a week off work to just relax after having to pay attention to text cards instead of listening to their voices. Please, let's go on vacation, have some wine. And so that's why we were gone for a week. Uh, But we're back, baby. Mm -hmm. It's too much work. Too much work for me to read all of those cards. That's all. It is pretty hard. It is pretty hard. But we ended up finishing the third silent film of only a handful that the Oscars have nominated. And I believe there's only five that were nominated. We have now seen three, Andrea. So of our entire journey, we just got rid of over half of them. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) We're here to discuss the Best Picture winner of the 1929 Oscars, and that movie is Wings. So we are going to be breaking down Wings and how it compares to all of the previous Best Picture winners, and we're also going to end the show with the ceremony as well. Normally we have our own episode for the ceremony to kind of delve into all the movies we love from the year and give all out give all the awards out for all the acting, the screenplays, the directing. Uh, But I turned to Andrea and I told her, well, only one film was nominated for directing. Only one film was nominated for an acting category. Only one film was nominated for screenplay. None of these movies connect at all. So we would just be talking about each one individually for no reason, since we've already done that. Let's just award the Best Picture winner, since that's the only one that connects these three movies, is the Best Picture Award. We'll announce the winner. And we will draw the next mm-hmm. year we'll be discussing. So we're going to do all that at the end of the episode. So it should be a fun time. It should be. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it will be a more or less fun time than watching the movie Wings? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Because honestly, Wings didn't turn out to be as bad as I thought it would be. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for those that don't live in our apartment, which hopefully is everybody, unless there's people hiding in the walls, Andrea was dreading this movie. This morning, Andrea asked me if I had a gun. End her life here because she was just not ready to watch the movie. I told her I didn't have a gun since this is Canada. We do not hold any guns, and she was quite disappointed. So she <laughs> bit the bullet, per se, and sat down to watch the movie. Uh, and to her surprise, uh, she didn't fall asleep at all. So I was pretty impressed. Yeah, honestly, it wasn't too bad. The The runtime is a little long, but like even that kind of went by fast just because there was a lot going on. And it was comical too. I wasn't expecting this movie to be funny in the least, but they definitely had some funny scenes in it. Yeah, there was, there, there was some jokes for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was relatively enjoyable for the most part. I would still say the racket is funnier. Uh, but story-wise, this is a much better story than The Racket. Uh, for those mm-hmm. that haven't seen Wings, which I imagine is very few, it's the very first Best Picture winner, so 
a cool label on its own. And I would go as far as to say I, I think it's a worthy title for it. I, th I think it kind of earned itself that spot because I thought, similar to you, I thought it was a very solid film. I had a really good time with it. Uh, so the film wings, we can kind of walk everyone through it here. Uh, it starts off and it really becomes a story about four main characters, mostly three. Uh, well, one of the girls quickly becomes irrelevant, uh, but it really becomes the story about four people. Uh, we, we don't see Sylvia after the 20 minute mark, but we hear about her still throughout the film. She's very crucial to the story. Mm -hmm. And it's really a four way love affair of being with each other. They, they, it's all complicated. It starts off with the lead guy. I believe his name is Jack. Uh, maybe we should go uh, actually refresh our memories with the names. Once again, I've already discussed it. I'm not great with the names, but I believe his name is Jack, and he is fixing up a car with Mary. And I just double-checked it as Jack. I killed it. Uh, Jack and Mary <laughs> are working on fixing this car, and they immediately start off with the shooting star name, which ties in throughout the entire film. It's yeah. a very great tie-in. They have the shooting star icon painted onto the car and they're calling it that because they removed most of the stuff from the car so it moves very fast. It is a fast vehicle, <laughs> the shooting star, basically because it's just an engine on some tires. Uh, they stripped away most of it. And so Mary helps Jack build this car because she's very much into Jack. A uh, question that I'll have throughout most of the movie. I don't know why she likes this guy so much, but she does. <sighs> she helps him build this car. What's a great way to repay somebody after they help you with building your car? You say, thank you very much, take that car, and you go pick up the girl you're into. So Jack leaves Mary behind, drives over, picks up Sylvia. And after he picks up Sylvia, drives right back. So Mary gets a nice front seat at watching Jack and Sylvia having a little joy ride with the car she just helped him build. And that's kind of what starts off the story here. What was your thoughts on all the characters? Sylvia, of course, was on the swing with David, who's the other main character here. Uh, so she's into David, Jack is into Sylvia, and Mary's into Jack. So it's very much a complex set of affairs here. Mm -hmm. It was. It was, and you know... I really enjoyed all of the characters. Sylvia was very minor, like we said, but apparently all the guys were into her. She just moved there. Uh, but I think overall, I don't know. I think I like Dave. I think I liked David the best, uh, which was Sylvia's love interest. And just throughout the entire thing, he's a he's a pretty solid guy. Uh, even in the one scene where there's a, a locket scene where uh, Sylvia's picture falls out of Jack's locket. Oh, we're, we're, we're jumping way ahead here. I know, I know. Spoiler. Anyway, whoa, yeah, big spoiler. But anyway, anyway, I guess it doesn't matter. David's just a really stand-up guy in every situation that happens to him in this film. That's true. Uh, but yeah, Andrew, this, this film's only 92 years and old. Then, you can't drop a spoiler. Whoa. Sorry, sorry. And then I really liked Mary too. Uh, she was she's really spunky, and she literally loved Jack. Like clearly, like she even goes to be one of the women that help in the war yep. to be close to Jack. So 
So, and <laughs> Jack's just, he's kind of an asshole for most of this, to be honest. Yeah. To uh, yeah. Mary, especially. Yeah. So, he, yeah. I didn't find him too, too favorable. Yeah, I'm definitely not on the Jack fan club, but no, I agree. David uh, quickly becomes a favorite here. He isn't super prevalent in the first 10 minutes here, but we get to the scene where Jack uh, goes up to Sylvia to say goodbye because they're heading out to war. Jack and David are both going to be flying planes out into the war. And so he says his goodbyes to his true love, Sylvia. Went to Sylvia, he was like, oh, Sylvia, I really want to have a necklace with your face on it when I'm out to war, so I can always look at you, always remind myself of my one true love. And Sylvia, she does have a necklace on the table, which is meant for David, but she does have a necklace with her face on it. The, 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 the back of the picture clearly says it's for David, but, uh, you know, it, it's hidden right now. So Jack goes over, looks in the necklace, he goes... Sylvia, you're a step ahead of me. You made me a necklace to show your love for me. Oh, thank you so much. And Sylvia's trying to tell him, uh, Jack, you're kind of a fucking asshole. I did not have this necklace for you. But he is just so excited that she has a necklace for him. He's getting all stoked, grabs the necklace, gives her a quick smooch on the cheek, and he books it. And then David walks in. He's like, hey, do you have a necklace for me? Like, come on, I'm going up to War Two here. And she was like, ah, no, I, I didn't get you a necklace. Uh, some asshole named Jack took it, so, you know, sorry about that. <laughs> and then there we are. The two men are off to war. I believe the last scene we see of Sylvia, except we see her sad ass for, like, a quick shot at the end. But really, the last time we see her. But still, a very crucial character and a pretty fun scene. What was your thoughts? Um, well, this happened to be the one scene I wasn't paying attention to. So you remember, this is the one you had to explain to me. But yep. I'm kind of shocked that Jack just took the necklace. Like, why would he just assume that considering him and his soon-to-be best friend David are, like, in love with the same girl? I don't know. I think that's kind of whack. Come on. Do you not know Jack? <laughs> of course the guy thinks it's all about him. The world revolves around him. I mean, apparently he does think that because he continues to think, think that like almost the entire film he as thinks, well. He thinks he is Lord's gift to earth. <laughs> Every girl would love to be with him. He's probably like, ah, oh, Sylvia, you're welcome for me liking you. You are truly lucky. I mean, God... Any girl that Jack would like would be a super lucky. Duh. Yeah, I, I wish Jack wow. liked me, and unfortunately he doesn't. <laughs> so the two boys, they go off to war. They're training. They first fight briefly because they do have a bit of that rivalry between Sylvia, mm -hmm. but they quickly become bros. You know, the biggest bromance in cinematic like, history, I think. Like, even after Jack basically beats the shit out of David, like... Jack feels bad, and then, yeah, isn't and then after David, that... Isn't it David that beat the crap out of Jack? No, Jack beat the crap out of David, I'm pretty sure. Mm, well, they're kind of hard to tell, because they're both white dudes that you can't really hear their voices or any personality, <laughs> uh, but I'm pretty sure it was uh, Jack that got his butt handed to him. I always thought David looked at him as a little brother. He, like, beat the crap out of him, and then he saw Jack there with his, like, bloody nose, and he was like, oh, let me help you up, brother, wipes the blood off. And then they instantly hit it off. They well, yeah, anyway. Real broskies. 
Yeah, after that, they are 100% best friends from that point on, which I found to be rather odd, but I guess it is what it is. Yeah, they, they, they definitely chug some beers together over their days. <laughs> Real solid homies, they would say, in the 1929. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting to see that they're now best of friends who both love the same girl. Uh, but then there's still that first girl we were talking about, little old Mary who is back at home and she also gets quite an important plot line here because she decides she is going to go out and be a driver for the military. She's going to be the one driving around the cars, picking up the soldiers. Uh, she wants to get involved just because she misses Jack already. It's been a solid 13 hours and she can't imagine being away from him. So she's going to also get involved with the war. I mean, who didn't see this coming? Mary is very like overly obsessed with Jack, which is fine. Uh, but yeah, of course she's going to like go after him, basically. Yeah, I also just realized we actually forgot to say one of the best moments in the entire film, which was after Jack gets the necklace from Sylvia, he goes to say goodbye to Mary. Yes, yeah. And Mary hands him a photo of her. And she's like, hey, you should have a photo of me. Maybe put it in a necklace if you want. You know, up to you. We take a look at the photo, and she is like Golem from Lord <laughs> of the Rings. She's like hunchbacked, head twisted upwards, looking at the camera with this like creepy look on her face. Like, I just stole your five-year-old child, and he's in my basement right now. Like, very creepy, uh, almost pedophilic. Uh, it's, you know, uh, not the best photo Mary could have taken. Yeah. Um, it yeah. It honestly was very creepy, off-putting pic off picture. I don't think I would have gave it to Quentin if he was going off to war. I would want a way better picture than that. Yeah, at this point, it might just be best to have Jack just picture you. Uh, yeah, you might have a better memory than that photo. Yeah. But but maybe it's also because she is quite a quirky, a quirky girl. Like, she is quirky and... She's just kind of out there. I don't know. Yeah, she is very odd. So she probably thought that photo was a slam dunk. She was probably like, yeah, <laughs> I killed it. She, she felt so good about this picture. She's Any like, guy would it. be lucky to <laughs> be with me. Uh, you're welcome, Jack. Oh, I love that. Yeah, her and Jack are perfect for each other. They really both think they're uh, God's gift to Earth. I'm kidding. Mary actually, very humble. Uh, so she's nothing like Jack. So, you know, a bit of a difference there. Uh, so, obviously, Jack, he uh, names his plane the Shooting Star. And he puts the little painting of the star. Once again, a callback to the car. He's doing the same thing with the plane. He has that same icon that Mary thought of, by the way. That, that was Mary's icon. She painted yeah, it. But, yeah, he put it on his plane. And then while they're at war, uh, in the middle of it, she looks up in the sky from her truck as she's driving around picking up soldiers and all the guards near her are saying, oh my gosh, do you see that plane right above us? That's the crazy, awesome pilot that everyone knows as the shooting star, because that's what he calls his plane. And she instantly realized that that was obviously her uh, BFF, hope-to-be lover, Jack. So that is the connection there. And then the war is over. Or at least the first war is over. They won. Oh, woo. You thought that for a second we were like, oh my gosh. 
It's already done. We, we were so confused when the war was over. We were like, whoa, they both made it out alive. I was like, this is two and a half hours. Oh my gosh. Can you believe it? This just flew by. It was crazy. It was faster than the shooting star. But yeah, unfortunately that was not the case. This is the first of two wars in this film. Twice the goodness, Andrea. And this is where, I don't know about you, but this is one of my favorite scenes that comes up. So what's your favorite scene? Uh, we can talk about our favorites and least favorites as we're going. I think we have more to discuss yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. So this is the scene where they're like celebrating. The war is over. Everyone's happy. They're really drunk. They're, they have all these glasses of champagne. They're missing the glass. They're pouring them all over the table. And they have girls all over them. And... Then it's weird, this weird scene where like all these bubbles keep coming up. And I think it's because he's just so intoxicated. He keeps seeing bubbles literally everywhere. The bubbles go on for like, would you say like a good 15 minutes? Oh yeah, easily. <laughs> it could even be longer <laughs> than that. But his just his state of mind is just so wacky and he doesn't he doesn't actually recognize mary when she's actually there to come talk to him and i don't know he, i just i don't think i've ever been that drunk before so <laughs> the kind of drunk he was i was i was shocked it was crazy but it was my favorite scene it was definitely the the most fun scene i think of the entire film yeah, I've never seen bubbles when I was drunk, so I guess I've been doing it wrong all this time. Me too. Yeah, uh, I'll start drinking more. But uh, I would disagree with you. I think it has the best shot of the film, where it goes through all the tables, going through all the conversations, and then ends with them at the end of the hall, or the end of the room, which is a really cool shot. I actually don't know how they did it back in 1929. That was pretty impressive, to be oh, honest. Oh, that was like probably the best shot of the movie yeah, where they're really just cool. doing a one-shot going yeah, through one all shot the going through all the tables, and then it ends on them, and mm -hmm. they start doing the scene there. So it's still the one shot. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, it did last for a long time yeah. then. I didn't realize that. Oh, well, it wasn't the whole scene. It was like for, for another easy 10 seconds, the scene starts and then it cuts. But still, uh, it was impressive that... They did the shot like that, especially in that time period. It was, it was a really, mm. really nice looking. But the rest of the scene, uh, this was going to be my least favorite. I hated Drunk Jack. I thought Drunk Jack was just the absolute worst. Mary is an absolute sweetheart. And this is the best scene of Mary. Mary yeah. is absolutely adorable. She sees Jack and she's so excited. Shooting star. He has my photo and a necklace, hopefully. We'll find out. Love Jack. Uh, head over heels over this douchebag, but um, yeah, he does not like her. He looks at her and he goes, oh my gosh, you're wearing a uniform? Because remember, she drives trucks for the military, so she's once again yep. in the military uniform. How, oh, that's disgusting. You look so gross. Ew. Uniforms are so just, ugly. Uh. But I just think he was that drunk. Oh, he, like, yeah, he's clearly yeah. very drunk. And he has this whole scene where he's like squinting his eyes really yeah, hard. Yeah, he can't tell it's he her. He can't see anything. It's I. He was fucked up. Yeah, very, very fucked up because he has no idea who this girl is, even though he knows her in real life. Yeah. He just sees the uniform. He goes, ah, ugly, ew, ugly, ugly, ugly. He like says the word ugly uniform in the same sentence at least five times. So then she goes crying in the bathroom. This other woman is like, oh my gosh, are you crying? Well, 
no joke, in the bathroom of this party. So I thought it was like, you know, I picture a club bathroom, but she's like, oh my gosh, you're crying. This is horrible. You know how you can really uh, prove him wrong for being mm -hmm. such a jerk? You got to look sexy. You know, that, that's a real way to sh show a guy is being a jerk. He's being a total douche to you. Well, if you look hot, maybe he'll treat you nice, which is a total wrong way of treating this lesson of a guy treats you like shit. Solution, look hot. And then he'll want to bang you. Like the, the, the guy ends up as the winner here because it's saying the lesson is if you look hot, then he'll treat you nice, right? So a horrible lesson right here. Uh, absolutely horrible. And then she turns around in the bathroom and there and there's this giant room, this giant place where people dress up uh, for the dancing, all the dance girls. But it's attached to the washroom that people go to the washroom. It, it was the weirdest set I've ever seen. But they go in there. She wears this nice, sexy dress. And then she goes out there and he goes from ugly uniform, ugly, ugly, to looking at her shiny dress. And he goes, looks like bubbles. I want to sleep with you now. Like, total 180. Jack is now loving Mary, who he actually doesn't realize is Mary, because uh, she's got a very sparkly dress, so it looks like bubbles. It's very, it's a very uh, scandalous dress. That's what I said, just because underneath her, like underneath her boobs, there's like a triangle, like shape cut out of it. I was Oof. like, woof. Not triangles. That that is hot. I know. Oh, I know. Man. But for the time period, it's very surprised they showed skin in that area. Yeah. In 1929, yeah. when kids go to school, they can't learn the shape triangle because it gets all the kids turned on because it's very sexy shape. <laughs> so, so weird. They normally skip that shape. They go to square, circle, rectangle, and then they say class is over. They, they don't talk about the triangle. Very scandalous. I think it went over his head. Yeah, uh, minor jacks, or maybe or maybe both of us. Uh, us men, uh, ugly, ugly uniform bubbles. <laughs> oh my god! I could play the jack if they ever do a remake. I, I think I could pull it off. Ugly, ugly. I got it. You gonna be the asshole? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> Yikes. Well, he's the asshole in my eyes, but this film thinks he's the hero. This guy is the hero of this film, right? At the end, he's the hero. Yeah, he's the hero. They thought he did something great, but really, the end—he's kind of—he's kind of bad, even though he didn't know like what was happening. Oh uh, well, we'll we'll definitely get into this. But they go up to his place. He crashes on the bed because he is super drunk, obviously. Mm -hmm. So she quickly tries to switch out of the sparkly dress to her uniform again so she can go back downstairs. And as she's changing, all the guy, uh, two of the other officers come in to go recruit our boy Jack because war number two, baby, is back in action. We got the sequel to the war. War number two. Let's go, Jack. We need you. You're a good, you're a, you're a good flyer. So they go to his bedroom and they see the girl there, realize she's an officer, and women officers are not supposed to be sleeping with the men officers. And so she then gets fired, even though she didn't sleep with him. But she was changing from the yeah. dress to her uniform. They thought she was putting clothes on because she was just naked having sex with him. So because of that, she lost her job in the military. And honestly, yeah, this is a this is a really good Mary scene. Because even though he is a douchebag and he's not very nice to her, she wants to make sure that... She puts him in bed. She has him laid down. And then also, even though she's being super sweet and nice in that moment, 
She also sees the locket he has around his neck, which she assumes her picture is in, but she opens it and she sees Sylvia's picture and she is heartbroken. But this girl goes back from happy to sad so quickly because then I don't remember what happens after that, but she seems like she's fine and that's when she goes to change into her other clothes. Yeah, so... She loses her job. The next morning, we have the big scene. Andrew was uh, doing a little uh, spoiler for the film that's 92 years old where Jack and David, who, you know, wasn't there during the wild night, which might be why I like David because that was like my least favorite scene and he wasn't there. But Well, you also realize in that scene, David took a girl home too. Good man. Good man. <laughs> Respect to the David. Wow. Guy... Me and him are uh, real close. I call him the Davinator. But, wow. yeah. Uh, Impressive. Thank you. So David and Jack are hanging out in the morning, and he reads the newspaper. Jack goes, oh, my gosh. Can you believe Mary was here at the war? And then she just quit. It said that she was, uh, that, that, that she left working at the military, uh, which is kind of funny that they had an article about it in the paper, uh, somebody she leaving resigned. their job. But yeah, I uh, said resign. So he thought she quit. Somebody then says maybe she was fired. And he's like, how dare you talk shit on Mary? I love Mary. And David quickly jumps. And he's like, oh, you, you love Mary, Jack? Well, you know, would, would you possibly like to date her? Like, you know, she, she seems pretty cool. It seems like you really like her. You got really upset there for a second. Like, do you care about this woman? Maybe you should date her. You know, David trying to be like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Let me have Sylvia. And Jack is like, are you kidding me, broski? I wouldn't do that. Sylvia is mine. And clearly she loves me, even though David has a letter that says that Sylvia prefers David. So then this is where the big argument happens. He trips, the locket falls out, the photo falls out. And on the back of the photo, it says the photo and the necklace was for David. And so David realizes that Jack sees this. He'll be heartbroken. David wants to get the photo and put it back in the locket. You know, uh, David... A real bro here, a real bro moment. He could have showed the photo and been like, hey, dude, Sylvia wants me, not you, motherfucker. She's mine. Uh, instead, he rips the photo up to be a real jerk here. And uh, David is now, or Jack is now angry at David. We, uh, the, the bro, the bromance is over. Yeah, they're really done here. But I mean, I still think David was the hero in this scene. He was really trying to spare Jack's feelings. Yeah. Because, you know, Sylvia would never date Jack, so. Yeah, yeah, this was my favorite scene. I, I thought the uh, the bromance, this David being awesome, I really liked it. And it really was the accumulation of all four of these characters. Uh, the, the two girls, the two guys, all this love and this mess between them all. Felt like this was really the big scene for everybody. So I really liked it. Then they go up to war. They have this big fight. Lasted a little too long. I kind of wish they cut maybe 10 minutes of the actual war stuff. But David's plane goes down. David uh, takes a little tumbly tumble. Falls mm-hmm. falls down onto the ground. He lives. David's okay. Don't worry. He's our king. But he uh, jumps out of the airplane, quickly runs to the bushes to hide. And everybody thinks he's dead. Uh, he even left his teddy bear on the table, which, as we we actually completely skipped that little storyline oh, here. wow, I forgot all about but, the teddy bear. But uh, his mother, before he left for war, showed him the teddy bear, and that was his toy when he was a kid, and it was something his mother always kept. 
because it was uh, reminding of her little boy. And so he took it off to war for good luck. He always had it on him, but he left it on the table this time. And that was, you know, a, a little wink there for what's about to happen to poor David here. But he crashes down. We all thought he was going to die there. Yep. That was the teddy bear signal. But no, uh, this is where it gets really good. This might actually, uh, there's a lot of great parts in this. Because, there there yeah. really was. Yeah. All throughout this. So they all thought he died, but then he finds an enemy plane, quickly hijacks the plane, and he flies back to his people. He flies back to his homeboy, Jack, flies back to all of his men, and the war is over. They won. They, they, they took out all the bad guys, but then Jack notices something. Out of the corner of his eye, he notices one, sol one solo enemy plane flying towards everybody and so jack goes to hunt down the plane and this is real it gets really fun doesn't it andrea it does yeah and i don't really know what david's thought process was i know he just wanted to get the heck out of dodge but jack really messed his plan up and then jack like david doesn't know how to tell jack that it's him because Jack thinks he's a bad guy, and it, it just gets a little dicey. A little dicey. No, I agree. Uh, and once again, so many great foreshadowings that really pay off. It doesn't feel like they beat you over the head. Oh. Like uh, like the racket. Oh, woman or poison. Says it a bunch of times. Obviously, that means the woman's going to be the downfall. They, they don't yeah. beat you over the head with it. But the shooting star, which was what he put on the car, he put on the plane. Yep. You thought that was to pay off to let Mary know that he was the one in the air. It was a really sweet moment. Yeah. But it pays off here because he looks over at the plane trying to hunt him down. And Jack sees the painting of the star. And he goes, oh my gosh, this is Jack. This is Jack's plane. Mm -hmm. Jack, my homeboy, you're here. This is me. I'm your broski. Let's hang out and have some beers once we land. Like, what are you? Don't, don't shoot me. What are you doing? And fortunately, he doesn't got a star on his plane. So yeah. Jack thinks he's the bad guy. Yeah. And uh, Jack kills him. He kills. Uh, he kills poor David. Yeah, he shoots him. Then he shoots him down. Then he crashes into this house, and oh, it's crazy. And then he lands his plane because he wants to, you know, come take all this stuff off the enemy plane and whatnot. But the old, the French lady or whatever, whoever, someone comes and gets him. And then he realizes he shot David. Yep. No, it was a real sad moment. Oh my God. It was so sad. Yep. So David dies, but then they head back to America to reap the rewards of war. They're the heroes. He gets this big parade. He is the almighty hero. And then he goes to see David's mother, gives him, the, gives her the teddy bear uh, it's a really sweet moment that they uh, that they share there. Uh, I, th I thought David's mother killed it. She was in for maybe five minutes, maybe ten minutes max throughout the entire film. But I thought she was really sweet. Both scenes she was in. So that was great. And then the movie ends with him, with Mary, just looking out over the moon. And they saw a shooting star to symbolize the car and the plane and their relationship together. She asks him, Oh, well, what happens if you see a shooting star? And he says, you kiss the woman that you love. And then they kiss, and it's over. That's really sweet. Mm -hmm. So that's the ending. Uh, Jack, uh, he gets everything. He gets to have the woman. He gets to be the hero of the parade. Uh, what a fantastic hero we had on our hands here, Andrea. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and I just wanted to say, since we went over that part kind of fast, um, this silent film, I think, is the only silent film that has ever made me cry, because that scene with his, with David's mother and his father was just, it was too sad. The mom was amazing. She, she killed it. And she had me believing she was, like, in real, in real grief. And then Jack just, like, falling on her and crying as well. It was, it was a pretty dramatic scene. No, it was great. Uh, great film. Uh, I was very surprised with it. And uh, we kind of didn't even mention what it was nominated for, but that's because it was barely nominated for anything. It obviously won Best Picture, and it won Engineering Effects. And that's it. Those are the only two noms, and it won both. And that's all I got. It did not get screenplay, which is crazy because I thought the screenplay was fantastic. It did not get any acting noms, even though I thought most of the characters were great. And it did not get cinematography. Is cinematography not a thing back in 1929? Maybe I missed that. But they had some of the best shots I've seen of the year, easily. And, yeah, no, and I just kept saying this film doesn't feel like it's from this time period because, like the other two, were basically black and white. This one had more of an offish white background, which I thought it was nicer looking. And then you also had the flares of color from like the engines, which is really nice as well. I just, it didn't feel like it should have been in this time period. And some of the shots were amazing too. Yeah, it really did not look like it was from 1927 actually. It's, where, mm. it's when it came out. It was the 1929 Oscars, but it came out yeah. two years before that, 1927. And even the airplane shots when they were flying in the air amazing looks pretty well done yeah it looked like they were actually flying in the air i was pretty impressed i thought it was gonna look pretty ugly especially a movie about airplanes in the 20s i thought oh my gosh this might not look that great i was not excited but it looked clean it looked pretty solid uh well one thing i thought was interesting is this is the first year obviously ever for the oscars so they combined two years they were awarding films that came out in 1927 and 1928 obviously for the 1929 oscars so I wanted to quickly just throw out other pretty well-recognizable films that came out in those two years that did not get nominated for Best Picture. Uh, I think Wings might be, actually it's definitely in my top three for these two years, so I thought it was a worthy nom, maybe even a worthy mm -hmm. winner. But uh, the other two, I didn't, uh, we, we didn't really love the other two. I'm kind of surprised these both ended up beating some of these other ones. But there's Metropolis, which neither of us have seen. Mm -hmm. But I believe it's on our poster, and it's known as one of definitely one of the best films of the 1920s. It's a very well-known film. There's Sunrise, which I watched without you. Mm, I didn't love it, but it's a very well-regarded film. There is Steamboat Bill Jr., which is a Buster Keaton film. So, you know, uh, one of those comedians that we really like. Mm -hmm. The Cameraman, and also The Circus, which is from Charlie Chaplin. My third favorite Charlie Chaplin film, so obviously I would have liked that one. And then there's The Passion of Joan of Arc, which I watched without you, but a really strong film. Uh, Passion of Joan of Arc, The Circus, and Planes, or sorry, Wings, would have been my three picks for this year. A really solid year. But uh, yeah, uh, The Racket and Seventh Heaven made it instead. Uh, who knew? Yeah, interesting that this is the only year that combined two years in one. Wow. So, you know, I got a little cool fact about that. We love that. So, Andrea, uh, anything else you want to say about Wings? We kind of broke it all down. Uh, it's really not even fair to compare it to the other Best Picture winners because 
it didn't get any of these other nominations. I'm guessing this is one of the only three to not get nominated for editing. Remember how I said wow. that only three didn't get it? Uh, this is one of the ones that didn't get. That's insane. That, that just, because this one feels so, like I said, so much more high quality over the other two. Yeah, I'll say it right now. I think it has better editing than Oliver, Driving Miss Daisy, and Going My Way. I think this is probably the third strongest film editing-wise that we've seen so far. So, no, I think it's a really strong film. But it also didn't get to directing, or cinematography, or art direction, which all three of those seem to do well in the other Best Picture winners. Same yeah. with uh, screenplay. It didn't get any of these normal Best Picture winner ones. Quite odd, yeah. Yeah, this is a bit of an outlier. But it's also because it's the first year. It's the first yeah. year. They didn't know what they were doing. But still, for this to only get nominated under one category, yeah. it's pretty wild. Yeah. And it was for engineering effects, which... I don't necessarily know what that means. I think it was just a one-time award they did for the very first year. But uh, it sounds like it's just based off of the machines that they created for the film. And it was definitely well-constructed. So it, that's a worthy award. But yeah, none of the traditional awards were really given out for this movie. Mm -hmm. Which is quite interesting. But anyways, that is everything for Wings. We got our quick, very short Oscar ceremony here where we take the all the films nominated, which is only three. For those that don't remember, that would be The Racket, Seventh Heaven, mm -hmm. and Wings. And so they do not share any similar nominations, so there's really nothing to discuss except for the Covenant Best Picture Award. And so uh, I think this is a pretty obvious winner, Yeah. if you've been listening to us discuss yeah. all three. Uh, we have a tie for last place. Seventh Heaven and The Racket are tied for last. I put 7th Heaven 3rd, Andrew put it 2nd, <laughs> Andrew put The Racket 3rd, I put it 2nd. Yep. So, you know, uh, it shares last place there, but uh, no question in my mind. Number 1 was Wings. We both put it at number Absolutely. 1, uh, which makes it the very first time we've agreed with the Oscars. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Now, every other year for Best Picture, we've had our own different Best Picture, but we are finally on the same page with them, Andrea. I never thought it would wow. happen. Good job, people. We finally, you finally made a good choice. <laughs> yeah, well, and the only reason they did that is because they didn't nominate any of the other, any of the other good picks. It's a good strategy uh, to make sure the people agree with you. Just only nominate a bunch That's of bad right. ones and one good one. Yeah, like if Pasha of Joan of Arc and the circus were there, uh, I probably would have picked one of those. But uh, you know, they made a good pick. But no, a Wings is really great. I would actually recommend this. If anybody yeah. wants to dip their toes into silent films, I think it's a pretty solid like, one. Don't get scared by the runtime because the runtime is really long, but it's totally worth watching. It's probably one of my favorite silent films. Yeah, uh, this would yeah, be one of my favorites as well. If we count modern times, that's definitely my favorite. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have a few others that I prefer, like Passion of Joan of Arc. But yeah, this would probably be in my top five, I think. It's a very solid one. So moving on from that, we are now going to decide what the next Oscar year is, Andrea. So pumped. Yeah, uh, for those that didn't see last ceremony, uh, Andrea was uh, not the most excited for 1929 when we drew no. that one. Um, not at all. Yeah, she, she had a little bit of a, a very fun rant. I like to listen to it whenever I'm feeling down. I like to go back and listen to that rant. I love listening to me when I'm upset. Yeah, it cheers me it's up. Great. Yeah, it makes me feel better. But 
Uh, we're here for Angel's favorite time of the month. She has not said it yet because uh, she's felt betrayed last time, so she's not too excited right now. But maybe we'll finally get some uh, good luck here for Andrea. And to help with that luck, since it, we drew one of mine, instead of me picking, uh, we're going to have Andrea pick a third one. So we have a 75% chance. So we actually can get one of my picks. Yeah, and uh, it hasn't even intentionally been the setup that we've been doing, but it seems to be yeah. every time one of us gets two years in a row, the other person gets to add a third off, a third year, right? So then they get more odds in their favor yeah. and i think that's a good setup if we get two of the same person's years in a row the other person gets to get a third chance so it's more likely thank goodness yeah so i think that we've unintentionally made that our setup but i think it it's a good one yeah it, it definitely i feel bad and i would absolutely hate it if mine gets picked of the four that would mm -hmm. be brutal so i'm i'm rooting for you i feel bad but for those that aren't aware the three years that we've had previously we have my sole pick here, 1977. We have Andrew's two picks, 2010 and 2012. Remember, 2010 was here at the very beginning, the very first podcast. <laughs> it was an option. Never left. I'm. I kind of hope we get your new pick or 2012. I kind of like that 2010 has been here for years and years. No, I want to get 2000. That's a really good year, I think. I want to see how far we can get on this one. But anyways, uh, 2010 is still in play here. Same with 2012. And Andrea's new pick. Do you want to see what it is, Andrea? So I decided to pick 1979 Oscar. Yeah. Best picture winner. Almost has the same ring as 1969. Mine's better. Oh, is it? Uh, I'll believe you. Yeah, 1960 I'm, I'm yeah. going to... One of these has to be my picks. I swear. Right. If it, the one gets picked, the chores, oh my God. Well, I'll be honest with you. If we pick it, I might just cut it out and then we'll just redraw and pretend... We got one of yours. Does that sound like fun? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they'll never know. Well, we'll never tell them. All right. All right. So let's see what it is. Which one is it? Uh, which one are you hoping for, Andrea? I want 2010. I feel bad he's been on there forever. I want 1979 or 2012. I want one of those two. All right. Let's see what we got here. And the next year we're going to be discussing is... Well, we'll go back. We'll, we'll pretend we didn't get that one. All right. No. All right. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go back here. No, we'll, we'll do your theory. Remember? That's not fair. The one on top, we got to move, right? Is that, wasn't that the rule? No, it was the one on bottom, actually. Oh, was so it? So it's funny that happened. Okay. All right. Well, you really want to do it again? It's up to you. No, let's see. Where no, 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 no. They never know. They'll never know. All right. So ready? If we get it again, then then then, then we'll, we'll use it. How's that sound? What? Cheating. Okay, do you want to do it? Okay, well, let's do it then. You want to do it? Sure. All right. Uh, unfortunately, we got the 25% chance. How did this happen? I'm calling my lawyer. I'm calling my lawyer because this shouldn't be happening. <laughs> yeah, we got 1977, the one year I picked. I don't know how this happened. Uh, you're going to write it down next time, Andrew, and you, then you're going to hit enter. Maybe it's whoever hits enter. Uh, it goes in their favor. Deal? I guess. All right. So this is why Angel wasn't that excited. She, she saw this coming. But do you want me to list off the movies that are nominated? Maybe that'll cheer you up? Probably not. But Yeah, probably not. But, uh, you know, I'm sure it'll be better than 29. We'll, we'll see what we got here. All right. So for the 1977 Oscars, the nominated films for Best Picture 
actually, this is a pretty solid year. I, th I think we're going to have a good time with this, right? This might be 1982 level of good films. We got Taxi Driver, Network, Bound for Glory, All the President's Men, and Rocky. So I would say, well, I've heard of four of these. I, I Four are well-known. Four of them, I believe, are in the top 1,000 of all time. I have not heard of one of them. So one of them is a bit of a question mark. But should be a solid year as a whole. Hopefully, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, Andrew annoys these more than 1929. But uh, do you want to make a prediction for which one is going to win, Andrea? Gosh, I don't know. What were you thinking? I'm thinking Network. I'm Maybe it's just because I'm really excited to watch that movie, but I think Network is going to be really fun. I don't know much about it. Uh, it just seems like my kind of movie. So I'm going to go with that one. What's it called? Network? Yeah. So we got a Scorsese film. We have one of the most iconic Best Picture winners of all time in Rocky. We have Network, which I personally think sounds extremely interesting. I'm hoping it doesn't disappoint. Uh, Bound for Glory. I know nothing about it. <laughs> I know nothing about that one. Uh, but which one do you feel like? I, I think this is a solid year. I, I was Honestly, proud of this Honestly, I'm probably going to go with Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver? I feel like that's going to be the best. It is good. It me. is good. It is good. Um, a lot of these look like they're geared towards guy yeah I, I will i will admit i will admit it is a very yeah. dude dude I, uh category yeah, here. i would be shocked if any of these are uh have a best lead female or supporting yeah. woman nomination yeah and i, I yeah. just feel like yeah network does sound really interesting because i just looked it up really yeah. quick but yeah. They feel a bit better? They like, I, I dude, like dude movies. <laughs> but yeah. It looks like a good roster, right? Do you mm -hmm. a bit more excited about it now? I guess. So I now. I'm more excited if one of my picks Yeah, was. so now does that mean you're picking the fourth one or are we just going to have a full Andrea roster? No, that seems like. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the plan was I would still get another one if that's the case. So yeah, I'll try to pick a more fun year. How about that? I'll... I think this yeah. is a solid year though. I'm, I'm not very good at picking. Years. Come on. I picked. Uh, uh, we can discuss it here, I guess. Uh, I still think the best year we've had so far is 1982. Was that the year E.T. was in it? Yeah, E.T., yeah, Tootsie, was, Missing. That was the best year. The Verdict, and Gandhi. I thought mm -hmm. all, all five were solid. Uh, yeah. My lowest one is a 3.5 of those five films. So I think that was the best year we've had so far. But, uh, the, you know, uh, you haven't had many years to prove. I've had no yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, you've had one year to prove yourself. So you haven't, you haven't had much. Um, but mm -hmm. uh, I think this is going to be a fun one. This is this one in 1982 were the two years I was the most excited for. We loved 82. I think this one's going to be really fun. We'll see. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I feel so, Andrew feels so drained after we uh, pick, a, pick a year because it's always the worst case scenario. But uh, hopefully you like it, Andrew. We'll, we'll start enjoying the movies. I hope so. It can't be worse than 1929, right? Yeah, that was pretty bad. Yeah, Wings was great, but yeah, the, the other two are a bit of a snoozer. Uh, oh, actually, uh, before right before we wrap it up here, what would be your rating for Wings? We never said it. Because uh, I'm pretty divided. I'll say mine. I'm between a 3.5 or a 4. Like, I'm, I'm very much leaning towards a 4 here. I might change it when I write my review on Letterboxd, but I'm leaning towards a 4 right now. I thought it was really good. What about you? Um, yeah, honestly, I'm between the same 3.5 to 4. It was really that good. Don't let the, don't let the name detour you, like, detour you from, like, when to watch it. Because that's, my whole thing was, that I was like, this is going to be, like, completely war-based. I'm going to hate this. Yeah. Two hour and 40 minutes is a long film for me. It, and with not talking, it's even worse. 
So, yeah, it was really good. Two hours and 20 minutes. Oh, two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah, uh, but I'm with you. This is actually very similar to Seventh Heaven, where it's a romance and war film. Uh, I just think it handles everything better in this one. I think, yeah, the romance is amazing. Even the war, there's moments where it's kind of long and boring, but the airplane scenes are very fun. So, although for the most part, very impressive. Mm -hmm. So, hopefully 1977 can uh, put it to shame and have some better films here. But we'll until see. next time, have a great day, guys. All right.